By the time I came out of school, <laughs> secondary school, even before university, you were the, without a doubt, the most influential columnist. You know, people would people would say so. My father would say so. Going off that and going into government, and then going from government and coming back into journalism, was it a shock? Was it an easy cycle? How did you know? Well, I mean, I've been writing all these years and. It's great fun to have the opportunity to have the platform uh, to engage, you know, an audience on a weekly, almost daily uh, basis, and to be able to express one's ideas and to exchange ideas with other Nigerians as to how uh, to move our country uh, forward. But in uh, 2011, you know, I was uh, then invited by President Jonathan to come and be is postperson. And the question that arose at that time is that many people said, why would I go and work in government? Since in any case, uh, in the view of many persons, I was doing very well uh, where I was uh, and with my career. Uh, and it's a question that would never go away, mm. you know. And in a sense, I mean, people like you even, um, you know, motivated me to make that switch at that time. I don't know whether you remember Sometimes in, uh, was it 2010? Yes. 2010, you know, we had a conversation. Yes. I think there was a third party there, uh, Toyosi. Right. She used to be Toyosi Akrili. Yes. Now Toyosi Akrili Ogushi. You know, ah. so when the uh, opportunity came, mm. and I said, well, this should be an opportunity uh, to learn in another sphere of uh, experience. I've been in the, uh, in the media, in the mm. private sector, if mm. you wish. And that, look, we've been criticizing government. Every day, every uh, week, there's always an essay saying something about government. <laughs> so I thought, well, okay, maybe I should leave my uh, comfort zone mm. and go and have this experience and then learn what it is they do in government. So I took up the appointment and I, you know, relocated to Abuja for the assignment, uh, national assignment. And looking back, uh, it was again a great opportunity. I always tell people that if you work around the president of Nigeria, if he appoints you as an aide, mm. uh, then, you know, in any capacity, mm. you're only as powerful as your boss allows you. Mm. Some people do not uh, buy into this argument, but it's an argument that I put up all the time. Mm. Look, you could have within the presidency somebody who is even just one of the cleaners mm. around the place. But if that cleaner has access to the president and the president grants that person audience, you'll be surprised the amount of power and influence that that person could, uh, uh, could exercise. You know, and, but in my own case, you know, I was part of what they call uh, the president's main team, main body, right. they called us. So, right. And by the nature of my work and because the president himself allowed access, mm -hmm. uh, so I, I had the opportunity to work you know, uh, freely. And I, of course, I had support system mm. because the uh, media department in the presidency is quite a strategic uh, office. So we did that for four years. And then in 2015, as you will recall, uh, President Jonathan and the PDP lost the uh, presidential election. Mm. So immediately that ended, I took some time off uh, to rest, although I kept writing. Uh, and then, of course, uh, 
back uh, to journalism, mm. uh, both print and now mm. also broadcast, yes. and also you know online. online so website, yes. and uh, I have no uh, regrets doing uh, uh, what I enjoy doing right. because for me it's fun. Yes, I want to ask because you mentioned that you know that the the, the elections and the reactions post that, but there was this bully pulpit, so to speak, this you know <laughs> moral high ground, and some people thought, look going into government would lead to a loss of that you know that there was a trade-off to lose this moral high ground for participation in what we we hear as the murky waters of politics would you admit that that a bit of that happened at a personal level as i said i have no regrets mm. i came out of government uh, you know uh, better informed about government processes in fact by the time we left in 2015 mm -hmm. I, I, I started telling people that, look, if you give me Nigeria to run, I will run it comfortably mm -hmm. because I won't, I'm not going there to go the and learn, you know, the structure of uh, Aso Villa mm -hmm. or how council meetings are conducted mm -hmm. or the challenges that the president faces. And, you know, I said, look, if, if that had been a PhD program, <laughs> <laughs> another PhD program, yes. you know, it would have been uh, worth the effort. Yes, yes. And I also jumped to the conclusion that, look, those of us on this side of the divide, as journalists, oftentimes, uh, we do not know what goes on in government. We do not know the processes in government. Now, I co-anchored the morning show mm. on Arise News. Sometimes issues will come up about how government works. And I, made, you know, I may end up disagreeing with uh, my co-host or my co-hosts, but I will explain to them, look, I'm talking from experience because I've been there. You are talking like, you know, the average Nigerian. But I've been there in that presidency. I can describe the place and how it works. Mm. Okay. Well, they may not agree with me. They will insist on their views. Mm. But at least I can give the you benefit know, of my first-hand experience uh, within that, that uh, space. Yes. And then, of course, uh, murky waters of Nigerian politics. If we all run away mm. from getting involved in governance, from getting involved in politics, then you will be faced with a situation that it is uh, the 11th division. Mm. You know, the uh, mm. average people who just uh, have lorry loads of money, who will be the ones going to government, occupying important positions. And then you stay out of it because you say you want to maintain a moral high ground. Uh, then you have lost the uh, moral right to mm. complain mm. about how uh, the uh, country is uh, governed. Yeah. So these are some of the issues for me as mm. far as I'm concerned. Mm. And uh, coming out, you know, I think that... Uh, uh, coming back into journalism, mm. I mean, I just picked it up again as if I Let's never continue. left. I don't know, one of your friends, or somebody who knows you, said, wrote an article um, and said that when you went into power, you forgot your friends. <laughs> You know, this was the, an accusation. I think it was, I don't want to mention his name because this is not about the politics of it. This is about okay. the personal experience of okay. it. Anyway, it's like this. I mean, it is true that when people are in government, mm. they could become inaccessible mm. depending on their schedule. Mm. Um, the nature of my work, I was with the president almost permanently, every time, mm. you know, just between his office and my office, going up and down, report for work, uh, before 8 a.m. Mm. because by the time the president will be coming down from upstairs, usually those of us that fall into the category of main body will be waiting for him, either to have breakfast with him and then go straight 
to the office. I will be at work till it will close. Wow. When it closes in the evening, usually it could stay in the office till about six, seven. Mm. When it closes, the main body will again follow him. Mm. He will wait. When he, 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 he will take dinner, he, may he will invite us, naturally, in his own case. He will invite us to join him. So we join him for breakfast, we join him for dinner. For dinner. You know, he will say, come and eat so yeah. that you can grow. Yeah. <laughs> and then we will go in and yeah. we will eat and all yeah. of that. Now, one side of that is that once you are around the uh, president, you are not allowed to use your phone. Yes, yes. Ordinarily, yes. if you are going yes. into his residence or you are going into the office, they will take you the submit. security people will take your phone from you. But in our case, you know, they will not take the phone. But right. you know you are holding it, but still you, you won't be able to use it because you can't be around the president and you are mm. making a phone call. So if you called during that period mm. for somebody who is just like a personal aide, mm. you can't be taking calls in mm. your boxes, boxes presence. Uh, presence. That was one major challenge. Mm. This third part of it was that, and I consider this a mistake. Right. You know, when I got to uh, the villa, because of the nature of my office, they will give you an official line, mm. a phone. Mm. You know, they will give you a phone, so this is the line mm. you will use. Mm. Now, I made a mistake of relying too heavily on that line. Right. I switched off the, my old phones right. and that was the line I was using. So for a very long time, mm. most people trying to reach me, they will not be able to reach me. Mm. And they may not know the new mm. line, the official line, or they may not even know the direct line mm. to the uh, control room in the villa. So I think that was a mistake on my side. And right. one lesson I learned from that mm. is that, look, anytime I find myself in government corridors, I would rather use my own personal phones. Because when you leave office, you are going to return to those phones. Because the moment you leave that position, yeah. they will switch off <laughs> that official right. line. You can't use it again. Right. So you are out, you are out. Uh -huh. It's new uh -huh. people who have the lines. But this is not to say, however, that you know, I wasn't in touch. Right. I mean, as person managing communication for the uh, uh, president, president, of course, my official line will have the numbers of every editor, every line editor mm. with whom I interacted uh, on a regular basis. basis. And then, of course, there were persons who, after a while, uh, got that uh, official line and it became easier uh, to reach me, particularly when I'm not in the, around the president, mm. when I'm in my own office mm. or when I'm at home on uh, weekends. I think it would have been better, you know, if I just kept to my uh, old reliable uh, mm. line that everybody knows. Mm, mm, yes. Mm. I mean, that was a gift. I, I think that I, I don't remember the last time I heard any person off power or in power because that statement, I think that was a mistake. You know, it's not something I hear often in Nigerian <laughs> anything, not just in Nigerian politics, but in people of power. And it came so easily. No, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I would just use my own uh, phones that like everybody knows. Yes. Okay. So what I was asked was, is a naughty question. So people say, you know, um, when you wrote that article about yesterday, so one of those, I'm going to talk about yesterday's men. Yes. It caused an opera across the country and outside. And people say, well, now you're yesterday's man. And, and it's the same thing that the people you were talking about, that when people get into power in Nigeria, they drink something, <laughs> something in the Asorok water. <laughs> that when they get they drink it, they get high on it. Then you know, we people say it is because of that water that you drank. <laughs> that ladies write that, and now you must have a different perspective. What do you say to that? Well, it's as follows. Look, when you are a presidential spokesman mm. and you are managing presidential communication, mm. um, it's a lot of pressure on you. Mm. 
and part of the job is to explain things to people. Yes. And uh, you know, at that time, we were in a very peculiar situation. They had emerged within the political space, uh, political interests, persons uh, who never saw anything good in whatever President Jonathan did. Mm. At one level, you had the political party, the All Progressives Con Congress. Yes. So there was pressure coming from that direction. Then you had these former persons who had been in government, who probably had this sense of illusion that Nigeria could not move forward without them, mm. you know, with this kind of know-it-all attitude. Mm. And they too were attacking us seriously from another flank. And then you had a third category, as the social media category. You know, uh, young persons uh, who have been recruited as trolls. Mm. So when I wrote uh, yesterday's man, mm -hmm. uh, it was a response uh, to those uh, critics. Mm. And, uh, you know, the famous quote from that piece in the first paragraph, where I referred to uh, children of anger and <laughs> <laughs> rather than douse the uh, yeah. anger of the, uh, of the Twitter crowd. Yes. You know, they even uh, got uh, more angry. When that anger, when the blowback happens, when you are in, is it possible to, to, to detach from it personally and not take it personally? Well, I've never taken anything personal. Right. Uh, because, I mean, I, I can hit hard. <laughs> you know, even if I'm the one saying so myself. Yes. And when people hit back, I just say, well, they're they are express, expressing their right of reply. reply. And they too, depending on the tone of my of my uh, piece, mm -hmm. uh, they may also struggle to say, well, we also hit him really hard. Mm. So I see it as a sport. Mm. Uh, but many people may not have that kind of uh, light heart. Uh, but if you have to worry yourself sick mm. about every little piece of criticism, then of course you can't you do public, function. public affairs uh, right. Mm. You won't be able mm. to do it. Mm. I know someone I mean, who, was, who is uh, my very good friend who wrote an article at the time attacking me. Mm. Uh, today, when people see that uh, we're still very close mm. and, uh, you know, he invites me to take part in uh, a number of uh, e events and programs and I turn up and they see us, uh, you know, having a good relationship, people will say, ah, is it not this person that wrote an attack to you? Yes. Say, they will say, ah, if I were the one, I would I never, never talk, talk to, to him, him again. again. I say, no. No, it's not like that. Yeah. You know, people have the right of reply, okay. and you don't you don't go about sulking. So that's my that's, attitude, right. really. So you know, and I've been long in this uh, business of uh, you know uh, writing Public opinions. Yeah. Uh, that um, you know, I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah, used it to comes it. with the territory. It does come with the territory. And you will notice that even uh, on social media, yes, I don't respond to anybody abusing me. You know, I don't bother myself about that. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm busy, I'm focusing on what I'm doing. Mm. Somebody else is uh, having headache over what I'm doing. So I remain focused on uh, what I'm doing, you know. So that, that's my attitude. An election is lost when you're in power, yeah? Yes. That atmosphere is around, oh, we are, we're in power, we're going to win. And then suddenly you hear that the election is lost. How, do you, how did you react to that as a person? What were the things that were going through your mind? And how did you respond? So that's as a person. Well, one, I, you, were in, you, were, you were in the main body. Yes. Well, one, I didn't expect that we would lose the election. Mm. I think we, we were confident that we were going to win. A lot of hard work goes into an election. Mm. 
I mean, if it is presidential election, can you imagine all that rigor of going around the country, the campaign, mm. and everybody will be involved in it, mm. and only at the end of the day for you to see that the numbers were not adding up. Mm. But at that moment, I think that what must uh, uh, be eternally underlined was the uh, maturity demonstrated by President Goodluck Jonathan. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is something for which he should always be praised. Yes. Because it's not something that is common in Africa. Yeah. And although my fear, as I've expressed it to some people, is that, well, with the benefit of hindsight, many other Nigerians will say, well, if I were the one, I would not pick any, uh, uh, I would not make any phone call. We'll fight it out and try to see. And I hope that a time does not come in the future when you will have a president of Nigeria who will say, which, will uh, which blood, which, if anybody wants to shed blood, yeah. let them shed blood. Yeah. I will sit tight here. Right. However, still on that moment, uh, I'm not uh, writing my memoirs yet. <laughs> yes. The first thing I noticed after that phone call and uh, the president had considered, you know, people stopped coming to the villa to come and see the president. I mean, Nigerians are, are quite uh, <laughs> wonderful people. <laughs> I mean, you know, as president, yes, they, there's always pressure. Yes, all kinds of people they want to come and see the president. They yes. want to call. Some will even say, "Oh, if they can just have a chance to come and say hello to him." Do you know that the villa became ghost town? Um, hmm. The traffic to that villa just disappeared. Wow. Instead, we were seeing pictures of people already going to the other side. The <laughs> president elect, including <laughs> members of the Jonathan government. They yes. had, they had. Uh, they had uh, changed uh, yes. camp, yes. they, they had switched loyalty, yes. and yes. the speed yes. with which that was done was most Mind amazing. Mind-blowing. So okay. I'll give you one example. There mm -hmm. was this gentleman who you would say, you know, was very close to the president. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that a man is a president does not mean you won't have personal friends. There will be friends who will come around, who will have almost direct access to, access him. to him. So I saw this uh, gentleman, uh, he was coming in, and I said, ah, how are you, sir? Uh, good morning or good afternoon or whatever. I said, ah, Oga is in the office. Do you know his response? He said, which Oga? I said, Mr. President. He said, uh, which president? I'm not here to see him. I'm here to see someone else. I mean, I stood there transfixed <laughs> for a moment. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> this was a guy who only, you know, a week earlier or so will come around. And he said he was not coming there to see him. So what, what, why should I want to see him? He has lost the election. Ah. I said, I thought he was your friend. He said, please, Abati, I want to see somebody else. <laughs> that is the way people behave. Oh, my God. And then, of course, even uh, around the villa, yes. some of the people around, you know, they started taking excuse. They wanted to go to the uh, village. Uh, <laughs> or they wanted to go to London for, for check-up. Yeah, check These were people who would ordinarily not move an inch. Who would want to be you know, in the, uh, uh, in the presence of the president yes. all the time. And yeah. that taught me a lesson yeah. that you are only as relevant as the position that you oh. occupy. The moment you lose power, you look around, you won't see nobody. Hmm. At the time in the morning, it will just be about three or four of us around the uh, president. And then do you know the funny part of it? On the day of the handover, we left from... Uh, from the um, handover ceremony mm. straight to the airport. Mm. Now, 
many of the people who were supposed to follow us, because we were going to Yenagua, we were following the president to the Yenagua, to Yenagua. That was supposed to be his uh, final trip in the uh, presidential jet and the uh, uh, the helicopter. Do you know that when we got when we got to the airport, we looked around. There were very few of us following him. In fact, some people, in fact, uh, just ignored us at the uh, handing over ceremony. They had moved to the other side. Wow. And then when we got to the, uh, uh, to the airport, to the presidential wing, yeah. do you know that the people there, they didn't want to open the uh, presidential uh, lounge for us. The president had just handed over. He was on his way back. And that became an issue that ah, Nigerians had switched immediately. They didn't want to open the president's lounge. They said, no, that, uh, you know, there's another president now. So was he expected to sit, to sit. outside? You know, My until God. people waited in and the place was uh, open. So little, little things like that. And you just see that this life, uh, mm -hmm. people, you know, they relate to power from uh, a standpoint of uh, opportunity. But as you know, uh, President Jonathan is always very calm. Um, he's a very you know, God-fearing man. Uh, I mean, he didn't bother himself. But it's people like us around him who will be saying, no, this is not right. How can you, you know, uh, treat uh, uh, a president like this? And so after that, then it hits, after you had, it had hit you for the president, it yes. hits you personally. Yes. So you wrote that article, the phones don't ring. Can you share us back the, the moment at which you, you figured out that, look, I have to write about this experience? Well, okay, after we uh, <clears throat> left office and uh, we went to Yenagua, we stayed with the president, uh, mm -hmm. those of us who went with him uh, for a few days. Right. And then <clears throat> we had to leave. Mm -hmm. This time, we we're not living in any presidential aircraft. <laughs> we we're not living in any any jet. Yes. You know, we had to find our way yes. uh, to Port Harcourt and then uh, I returned to Abuja. But I had noticed that the moment we left, uh, the phones, we're not ringing. Mm. The uh, official line, of course, used to ring non-stop. Yes. But immediately after the uh, election, mm. my uh, personal phones were always on. Mm. Uh, and I just noticed that all the phones, at that time I was carrying about three phones. Yes. For almost uh, two, three days, there would be no phone call. There would nothing would ring. <laughs> I kept wondering, what is the problem? <laughs> so on one occasion, I started using one phone to try the other one uh. I, because I thought the phones were damaged. <laughs> you know, I will use uh, phone A to try phone B. I will use the official line to try another one. I said, you see that everybody has uh, forgotten about me. Hmm. Uh, not even family members would uh, call except maybe, you know, my immediate uh, family. So uh, it then struck me that, okay, so these phones that were ringing non-stop, that everybody was calling. It was mm. because of this position. Yes. So the phones were no longer ringing. Begin. So I, I then just sat down and uh, wrote the piece yes. uh, as I felt, yes. uh, you know, the experience. And when it was published, it became uh, a <laughs> national became, bestseller. It became, <laughs> it became very controversial. Yes, yes, you know, yes, but yes. of course, the lesson of it is that you are only as important mm. as the position you occupy. Mm. And I guess it's not only about public appointment, yes. even in the corporate sector. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, but uh, that's life. That's life. That's life. Right. So, and that's why we must always uh, learn to reinvent ourselves, ourselves, to renew ourselves. Yes. And once you reinvent yourself, you renew yourself, yeah. the phones will begin to ring, ring again. again. <laughs> that's a powerful lesson. Once you reinvent yourself, the phones will begin to ring again. Yes.
Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much for joining me and being so open about this conversation. Thank you. Thank you.